2: You're back on the Dr. Dali Show. Thank you all for tuning in. 1-877-DAC-DALI, docdali So in the last couple of years, you've heard this term called pretty privilege, where people who are better looking seem to be privileged. They get the dates. They get on the cheerleading squad. They get the professor helping them out with their grade. And I was able to witness, not having pretty privilege myself, I was on the outside, all these people with pretty privilege get to benefit. And I was very frustrated that I wasn't pretty. Now, I found other ways to be attractive, but never would I have been considered in the pretty. All right, you know, maybe I looked human, I could make myself look human, (laughs) Maybe I was tolerable to some of my boyfriends, but I was frustrated that there was something so superficial that got you through the front door. And I guess one of the reasons why I have such a knack in marketing and I have such a passion in marketing, and I, you know, probably if I wasn't in medicine or show business would be in marketing, is because I had to learn how to get by in life without the looks, and it made me stronger. It made me a lot stronger because i had to figure out how else to engage you remember the three e's engage educate and enlist you engage somebody you got to capture their attention somehow for some people it's their looks for other people it's a joke for other people it's you know uh, lights or flashing sale sign then once you engage them you can educate them Hey, this is what I'm about. This is why you should hire me. This is why you should date me. This is why you should shop in our store. We have this sale going on, this sale going on. And once you capture them and educate them, now you could enlist them. All right, so hire me. Or come back on Sunday when we have our President's Day sale or whatever. Now, Or come back and listen to the show. So we always do the three E's. And for those of us who didn't have pretty privilege, we had to find other ways to... Uh, get engaged people. And so I really, really credit that. Uh, My mom was beautiful. My dad was very handsome. I just didn't get the looks in the family. It's okay. My sister has beautiful um, olive toned skin, could always tan. And and me, I would just sunburn just writing the word sun in a notebook. So, you know, there, I, I had to learn to adjust and So how did those pretty privileged people turn out? Well, it depends. If somebody with pretty privilege, all right, just relied on the prettiness and said, look, I'm just hot. I'm good. It's all I have to do. They're probably in trouble right now. Looks always go. Now, I mean, I'm middle-aged. Okay, I don't look the way I did. And I see some of my pretty privileged friends who were pretty back in school. uh, They look like a middle aged woman. Uh, They're starting to look grandma-ish, which I think they're still beautiful in their own way. But society might not now give you that pretty privilege. So for those who just kind of sat on their prettiness, and didn't, didn't work hard, you know, they're in trouble. For those who never thought they were pretty, might have gotten lucky with the prettiness, but they say, I gotta have something else to stand on. I better have some other footing. They probably have been the most successful. And that sort of thinking, whether it's pretty privilege, whether it's I'm a good-looking dude, whether it's um, um, I have money, uh, money privilege, does that money privilege last? That money can fade, beauty can fade. So people who have money, those who just sit saying, "Look, I got money, I'm good, I can enjoy life, I don't have to work hard," those are the ones who could be in trouble later. As opposed to those who go, "Look, we have some fortune or luck now, but misfortune could happen later. So I better have backup plans, and I better have other." Uh, avenues and options just in case those are the people that are better equipped and the type of thinking if you notice should be ubiquitous throughout you might have plenty of food right now in your cupboard are you always going to have plenty of food are you planning ahead you might have a good job are you always going to have that good job no white privilege white privilege is not a privilege now you Many people will not get hired if they don't fall under a diversity um, uh, demographic. And so whatever privilege you had at one point doesn't become a privilege. And a privilege can be very temporary. And so what we need to teach our kids is, and, and that is something I really credit my parents on doing, is telling me that everything fades. Everything fades. Your weight, your health, your money, your poverty. I mean, anything has the potential to fade. Nothing stays the same. Your family will change. Your friends will change. Your government will change. America, as you know it, can change. And so always have a backup plan. uh, If you are still pretty, go for it. Now, but, you know, realize that, you know, that is only one small tool. It was a huge tool in high school. I get it. That was probably the Swiss Army knife of high school, being pretty. But, you know, it's, you have to have the whole package. You have to be the whole package. And, in fact, people who are gorgeous or you know, beautiful, uh, sometimes they don't get hired either if boss is worried that wifey is not going to like you working with that person. I mean, how many times have good-looking people not gotten the job because they were too good-looking? I don't want the other people distracted. I don't want people sleeping with each other on the job. I want it all about to be the job. And so there was a a fascinating study years ago where they looked at four women, uh, pretty, uh, you know, now kind of old school. We wouldn't do a study like this, but they looked at a blonde blonde with glasses a brunette and a brunette with glasses and the brunette with glasses was more likely to be hired than the blonde with glass glasses or the blonde without glasses so everything fates always have a backup plan and sometimes being pretty could be a curse if you don't prepare one eight seven seven doc dolly don't go away
4: Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Anyone can fall victim to moving fraud. Know your rights and responsibilities.
5: There was never really a valid contract.
6: Movers must always give written estimates.
5: I was bound to an estimate, but it was after the fact.
6: Be sure that any document is complete before signing it and that it includes information to determine the final charges.
5: It was a version that I had not seen before.
6: Visit protectyourmove.gov to download a free moving fraud prevention guide. Search for registered movers and view their complaint histories. Move with confidence.
2: For tuning in, 1877 Doc Dolly 1877 D O C D A L I. Big thanks to Genesis Communications Network for making the show happen. Big thanks to Jason, our producer, and big thanks to y'all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook, the Dr. Dahlia Show. So often us doctors are working blind. We'll have a child, an infant, a baby, an adult, person come in, struggling with some symptoms we we'll try to fit it into a diagnosis and we struggle and some individuals are just not getting better And a tool that is rapidly expanding, which I am hoping will be ubiquitous and and, uh, available to everybody, is genetic testing. And our next guest has a fascinating story, and I'm very impressed with what he's done. Michael Black, vice chair of the board at Test Research Foundation, to talk to us about how genetic testing can support the future of our family and our health. Michael, thank you so much for joining us.
6: Thank you so much, Dr. Dahlia. It's great to be here.
2: Wow. Well, you have a very, very um, uh, dear to your heart story. Talk to us about what happened with Rowan. Yeah, so
6: Rowan's our son. Uh, He was born June of 2021, and, uh, you know dr dahlia this was it was a textbook delivery. everything went perfectly, and at the start it was just it was a dream come true. We were recovering in the hospital and and they did a little bit of additional monitoring um, and uh, investigated a couple things and they grew a bit more concerned when they they weren 't clearing up some of the stuff you expect to, from a newborn after eighteen hours it wasn 't clearing up, so they um, they did a bit more digging and that 's when our world changed as it turned out, Rome was basically having Non-stop seizures he was having you know two to four minute long seizures with two minutes between them and it was just back to back to back to back to back and they weren't responding well to medication at all so you know first time dad uh, it was it was heartbreaking it was, uh, it was a bet. nightmare
2: and he ended up having slc13a5 citrate transporter deficiency correct
6: you got it, yeah. So, I mean, right off the bat, you talked about, you know, people coming into the emergency room and trying to treat them. This, The first thing they had to do was get a lid on the seizures. The second thing they had to do is figure out, why are, is he having the seizures? Mm-hmm. So, is it a bacteria? Is it a virus or is it a vitamin deficiency? Uh, all sorts of things. Eventually, they look at genetics, and that's where Rowan got a genetic test. And within two weeks, we had uh, uh, the results back that, that just suggested that he might have this, this SLC13A5 disorder, as you, as you mentioned.
2: We're really grateful for Invite for providing this segment as well as the work they've done in this, uh, in this uh, mode of health care. Yes, talk to us about how that testing went about.
6: Yeah, so so Rowan had this blood test, this bl- blood panel that was sent to Invitae, and then my, my wife and I, we also underwent a more targeted genetic test through Invitae, uh, but that's what gave us that definitive diagnosis that Rowan had this this SLC13A5 disorder. And that test, uh, that, dis- that diagnosis, it, it completely changed our life for the better. Mm. We connected with this organization. California called the Test Research Foundation, and they are the the only organization that's dedicated to SLC thirteen uh, A five. Doctor Dahlia, you're you're a medical doctor, and and uh, you know Rowan's medical team is amazing, but they'll be the first to tell you that something as new, something as rare as this disorder, the real mm. experts often are the parents and the caregivers. So they right. really welcome the advice that we're from the test community. Um, that's things like. New anti-seizure medications that work especially well with this disorder or anti-seizure medications we've taken them off of that don't typically, you know, address kind of the underlying causes of this, uh, the type of physiotherapy that Rowan does, all of this is informed by other families that are affected by this disorder. And it's something we wouldn't have if we didn't have this Invitae testing and, and the Test Research Foundation that came out of it. So.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and one thing that's pretty significant about the slc 5 citrate transporter disorder is they might be resistant to regular seizure medications. And so there could be drug resistance. They're, they're, so we have to, we can't just look at our pool of medications and say, well, this is all we have. This, we have to understand that there are other sorts of seizure disorders that may not respond to the medications that we already have at hand.
6: You've got it. Or, or may only respond to, you know, a, a panel, a, a set of medication, you know, that covers off the different ways that these, these seizures are occurring.
2: Now, Rowan's two years old. How's he doing? He is.
6: He's, he's doing great. You know, this is a, it's a, it's a lifelong disorder and, and he hasn't had an easy go of it. He'll continue to face delays and challenges. Right now we're working on, you know, things like standing and, and, and sitting. He's getting pretty good at rolling. So you can imagine it's, you know, he's, we're just taking the progress as it comes. But I tell you, he is the happiest two and a half year old you can imagine.
2: Oh, I love it. I love it. So you are vice chair of the board at Tess Research Foundation. Talk to us more about the Research Foundation.
6: Yeah, for sure. So as I said, this is a foundation that, that is solely focused on those with, uh, affected by SLC 13A5 epilepsy. So a big part of it is that community element I mentioned, but it's also about increasing awareness for the disorder. And importantly, it's about funding kind of the, the cutting edge research to better understand the disorder and why it's happening and, and how citrate is used in the body to treat the disorder and, uh, you know, knock wood, hopefully one day cure the, the disorder
2: so invite has been on the forefront of genetic testing how do you suggest patients request this and and ask you know ask for panels uh, what what is the best process
6: well it's like anything you know i would go to your doctor your medical team and just see if if in your case uh genetic testing might be used to inform the health decisions of of yourself or or you or your family you know um i uh, personally, I'm not a doctor, uh, but for us, genetic testing really was the key thing that helped open the door to better managing Rowan's health. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just so important. It's just, Dr. Dahlia, it's just extra information, right? So whether you're right. diagnosing a rare disease or you're just empowering yourself and, and your family if you have a better understanding of your health information and, and know what's in your genes.
2: Absolutely. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners?
6: Yeah, I would just encourage, uh, you know, listeners, like I said, talk to your doctor, or you can also find out a bit more about the Test Research Foundation at testresearch.org, the types of work we're doing. Um, you know, we're, we're doing drug repurposing and, and clinical trials for gene therapy and, and things like that. The other thing is look into genetic testing yourself. And uh, and besides talking to your, your doctor, you can visit invitae.com and just find out about some of the options out there. So that's com.
2: Wonderful. Well, Michael, you know, bless you, bless your family. We really appreciate you sharing this and can't wait to have you back.
6: Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure, Dr. Dahlia. Thanks for having me.
2: Take care. 1877 docadali 1877 d o c d a l i. So, you know, people always ask Dr. Dalia, you know, with all the advancements in medicine, how did we live 200 years ago, 300 years ago? What did we do? Well, as doctors before we had a lot of advancements, we would really rely on a history. So, if there was a family history, let's say, of blood clots or stroke, we would just generalize and say, "All right, you're at higher risk." Then the patient would say, well, now what? What do I do? So in the last hundred years, we would say, well, watch your blood pressure. Um, Try not to drink a lot of alcohol. Uh, Smoking a hundred years ago was still popular, but doctors already knew that smoking could probably lead to some bad things. And we would try to tell you to eat healthy, get outdoors, and we we would guess. It was a lot of guessing. And guessing leaves a lot of opportunity out. I can't tell you how many patients are calling in asking for a refill of their birth control. And they're new patients on telemedicine, so you've never met them. You don't know anything about their family because they're not going to a regular doctor. They're using telemedicine. And you ask them, are there any strokes in the family? Yeah. Yeah, I think grandma had a stroke. Okay. Any blood clots in the family? I'm not sure. I think so, but I'm not sure. Yet they're on a birth control that could possibly cause them to have a stroke or blood clot. I'm of the thinking that we all should be getting genetic testing. I want to know know, before my daughter goes on an estrogen-containing birth control that she's not going to get a blood clot, that it's not going to kill her because she has a genetic tendency to make blood clots and estrogen is thrombogenic why do you think we don't have estrogen containing birth control over the counter the birth control that is starting to become over the counter is a progesterone base still could have side effects but nothing like an estrogen base because again we don't know what you have now, we don't know if you're prone to breast cancer we don't know if you're prone to prostate cancer so this this and some people say, "Well, I don't want to know. I just want to live life to the fullest. I don't want to be nervous or paranoid." You're not. Just knowing that these are certain threats to you doesn't mean you can't live a still fun, healthy life. And I got to tell you, it could save you a lot of drama, and money, and trauma later. Knowing what you are genetically uh, predisposed to. So, thank you, Invite, for that segment. We really appreciate as well as Michael Black. Don't go away. We'll be right back one eight seven seven dot Dolly.
0: USA News Update. Harvard's acting president is denouncing a cartoon that's being viewed as anti-Semitic. The illustration, which has been circulated on social media by pro-Palestinian campus organizations, depicts a hand marked with the Star of David and a dollar sign, manipulating nooses around figures resembling a past president of Egypt and the deceased boxer Muhammad Ali. It's been 10 years since it last happened, but Neil Young and Crazy Horse are heading out on tour it'll start in san diego with twin shows on april 24th and 25th there'll be stops in more than a dozen cities including dallas phoenix atlanta and new york city before closing out in chicago on may 23rd the tour will be followed up by a new album release it's mainly re-recorded songs from neil young and crazy horse hits past i'm ryan daniels usa news
3: it's easy to see we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com.
5: Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe. But some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs that can cause Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever mice searching for sources of food can spread bacteria and disease mosquitoes breed in standing water and can transmit illnesses like west nile virus and zika virus cockroaches are drawn to water in the home and can leave behind allergens that trigger asthma attacks stinging insects attack in defense of their nests and send more than half a million people to the emergency room every year. Household pests are a threat to our health. Learn what you can do to protect your family at pestworld.org.
2: Dr. Dahlia Show, one eight seven seven Dr. doc dali one Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook, The Dr. Dahlia Show. So a question that has been continually asked since the rollout of the vaccines is, when are the vaccine lawsuits going to take place for the side effects? And they have been um, slowly starting to come. We predicted that there would be lawsuits. Uh, it's obviously uh, something that the judicial system is not looking forward to because the governments under which these judicial systems work were very adamant about mandates and vaccines, and this could open up a huge can of worms. But personally, as a physician, I think if a patient did um, felt concerned about a medication and seemed uh, forced to take it or they would lose their job, et cetera, that that could, I think, uh, uh, constitute damages. I think if a person suffered a side effect that they were not informed of, then they could not technically give informed consent and there could be malpractice. And so, you know, a lot of doctors are worried. Because they were told by their medical uh, boards that you need to be encouraging vaccines. You need to. uh, And and so uh, who then is complicit when there's side effects or somebody dying from the vaccine? Well, part of the reason why the lawsuits have been slow and haven't garnered a lot of uh, traction is because when somebody does die after getting a vaccine, how do you prove it was the vaccine? And not something else. The burden of proof ends up on the patient. And so, for example, the Moderna or the Pfizer myocarditis risk, inflammation of the heart. Because it has been established that you could get myocarditis, inflammation from COVID, then it's a little harder to prove And myocarditis may be more common with COVID than the vaccine, even though there's a higher risk for a non-vaccinated to to a vaccinated to get myocarditis. But if you have COVID, COVID proves to be the higher risk. How do you prove later on, if nobody did testing, that the myocarditis wasn't COVID-related, but the vaccine-related? In law, I, I don't know how much you all know about law, but it is fascinating the train of thought And the arguments and the logic. Now, look at this car. It's completely destroyed. You destroyed it. And you could say, I wasn't in the car. I was nowhere near that car. Somebody destroyed the car. Wasn't me. Now, who proves what? So if somebody has a heart attack, did they have just a regular heart attack? Or did they have a did they have a vaccine-related heart attack or cardiac arrest? So the only way that these cases are going to move forward is if it is a rare side effect that has been documented and established in the literature, and you were healthy, never had any sign or risk factor that you would have had this rare side effect on your own, And then it was in the time frame of the vaccine. So pharmaceutical giant AstraZeneca is facing a number of legal claims in the UK. We did not do the AstraZeneca shot because we were worried about the clot side effect. AstraZeneca was an adenovirus vector where a um, weakened or a genetically modified viral particle was bringing in DNA, and then the DNA would talk to our DNA, make mRNA, messenger RNA, to be created by the cell to make spike proteins. What we used bypassed that DNA step, supposedly bypassed the DNA. The Johnson & Johnson, no, that that was also DNA, similar to AstraZeneca. But then we stopped using the Johnson & Johnson as well. So we just went straight for the mRNA vectored ones. But with AstraZeneca... There are currently 80 claimants and part of a litigation group that say they are not anti-vaccine, but they are seeking compensation beyond the 152000 allocated through a government damage payment plan. The cases being brought are related to the, thrombo, the immune thrombotic thrombocytopenia, a rare condition that could cause life-threatening blood clots that block the flow to vital organs. Now, a spokesperson for AstraZeneca, and this is being reported by Newsweek, says that it does not comment on ongoing legal proceedings, but that patient safety is the highest priority and that their sympathy goes out to anyone who has lost loved ones or reported health problems. They stress that AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine had been approved by regulatory agencies based on its safety and efficacy and that both critical trials and real world data had shown an acceptable safety profile. They say it saved more than 6 million lives worldwide. So the first batch of lawsuits were filed in the U.K. High Court in December, a second following from January. And the group claims that AstraZeneca is liable for the injury and loss caused by the rare cases and that the lack of a fair and adequate compensation scheme left them no choice but to sue. Losing somebody you know, and only getting 150000 no, people are not going to. One claimant is Cam Miller, whose husband, Neil, died May 1st, 2021, at the age of 50 due to VITT. She told BBC on Thursday that she was not anti-vaccine, and her husband was very keen to have his jab as soon as he could. But if he had not had the vaccine and later got COVID, he would have survived it. She said, I've lost the comfort of having Neil and I feel empty and very lonely. It's a struggle. He was the main breadwinner of the family. I don't want to be going to court, but the money is needed for the future of my family. A radio journalist, Lisa Shaw, died after receiving the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine April 2021. The litigation group said it caused blood clots to develop in her brain. So, um, other people survived. Not everybody died, but they were left with severe disabilities. So, You know, this is something that is why I early on, even though I was uh, criticized for it, asked that we slow our roll and we ensure that we're not making mistakes. We ensure that there's safety and we well, be a little bit more cautious before we make random decisions about vaccinating. And as I've said before, this could have very easily been done. And I credit Trump and Biden for creating, helping to create and roll out the vaccine. But where I have a problem with the Biden administration is there were mandates, even though they promised that they wouldn't. And the mandates were so ridiculous that people lost their jobs. True. Nobody was tied down and forced to get the injection. But if you're in the healthcare field. And every hospital has been threatened that they will lose federal funding if they don't have a mandate. And you get fired. You can't find work anywhere else. If you're in the military and you get discharged because you won't take the shot. Well, how do you get back into the military? And so you were forced. Many people felt forced. That was wrong. How it should have gone down is, hey, guys, look, we have vaccines. This is the data. Here's the study. It's all going to be online. Based on the data, it appears that it will minimize COVID severity, hospitalizations, and death. We believe it could work. But, with a big but, there could be side effects, as with anything, which means we are not going to force anybody. Our job is to give you the options and to make it available, and we'll make it available for free. But this is ultimately your decision and your doctor's decision. If you have any questions on the studies, we have CDC experts, FDA experts, physicians who can walk you through what these mean. But it should never be forced. And unfortunately, that's not how 2021 went down. One eight seven seven, 877 dotally
8: the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriadine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriadine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriadine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at NutriMedical.com.
3: Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com.
9: I had no idea it would destroy my life, but before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call.
2: Show thank you all for tuning in one eight seven seven Doc Dali one eight seven seven D O C D A L I. So when I was in school, if I needed somebody to check my spelling or check my grammar, I went to my mom. I'd have her proofread it. The only problem is that she would also comment on the content. And then I basically would have to redo the whole thing. So I choose not to go to my mom because you almost got more than you asked for. But I would have somebody say, you know, is this how you spell this? Is this how? You? And I would actually look things up in a dictionary or look things up in a thesaurus. And it was very tedious. But I got through my term papers and I got through what I needed to get done. Nowadays, college students have software. And there's something called Grammarly. And I've only recently started to use Grammarly because I guess it pops up and says you have spelling errors. And I'm like, excuse me? No, I don't. I know you got some errors there. And I'm noticing that I could just type whatever and the computer will fill in the period. It'll fill in the capitalization. It'll, if I'm dangling my participles, it'll immediately cover it up and make it child friendly. And so, you know, I, You almost don't have to think. And if I type an email, there's a spell checker. All of a sudden, my word is in red. See, I'm not really good at spelling hemorrhoids. I can't spell that word really well. I never get that right. I have trouble spelling rhythm sometimes. There's a few words I just never spell correctly. And then uh, it has to fix it. And so I've been now using these spell checks, I had no idea that if you were a college student, you could be in trouble for plagiarism. You could lose your scholarship. And apparently, this is what's happening. So the New York Post is reporting that a college student, 21-year-old Marley Stevens, is a human services and delivery and administration major at the University of North Georgia, Dahlonega campus, told the Post, and she shared the letter she got from her professor, accusing her of plagiarism all she used was grammarly and i think this now puts her scholarship at risk not to mention puts her on academic probation and can be on her transcript now i thought everybody and their mother were using these because it pops up i mean these ai softwares are all over the place and there's always grammar check, spell check. If I do a Google Docs, I could actually do spell check on there. Word count. There's a there's a software that will count your words. So if you have to do a 500-word abstract, it does it. And it was uh, my medical students who told me to use Grammarly. It helps find where the mistakes were. Because when they were writing papers, I'm like, I'll check punctuation grammar. They go, you don't have to. Grammarly does that. I go, well, what the hell is Grammarly? So this is something used ubiquitously all levels of academia but now it looks like this student is warning other students that they could be wrongly accused of cheating apparently there's like this ai or this anti-ai dragnet that will search your papers and flag them if they think any ai was used isn't that scary how there are software programs that know if your paper had other software used on it I thought all this is, is software. What if you use a dragon dictation? Would that mean your whole thing gets thrown out? So the letter she got from her professor reads as follows. Good afternoon. This is from Professor Robert Ellison. When your paper was uploaded October 6, 23, it was checked through Turn It In. The program returned a positive response for AI. I also checked your paper through a third-party app utilized by the Criminal Justice Department for verification. The app confirmed the Turnitin AI response. The Criminal Justice Department, we got people looting. We have crimes all over. You got the criminal justice aspect of colleges (laughs) breaking down your door because of using Grammarly. Therefore, you will receive a grade of zero for your paper any further violations will be sent to the Student Academic Integrity Committee. Said, according to Turnitin, the entire paper, except the last couple sentences in the conclusion, your sources were not a factor. I confirmed this through another app used by the Criminal Justice Department. <coughs> so that's from uh, lecturer Kevin Ellison from the Department of Criminal Justice. So I bring this up because, you know, I, one, just as a student of many, many years, I'm a little jealous that the young ones get to have all this help, and all they have to do is click buttons and they get their answer. I mean, I had to do my math without a calculator. I had to calculate sin, cause, tan, trigonometry without a calculator. We had to do everything without the use of tech because they wanted us to be able to do it. And the argument students have now is, but the tech exists. So why do we need to know? Well, because what if there's a power outage? What if you actually have to write a paper? Like, let's say The, the Walking Dead happens again, and you have to restart school without electricity, and you have to know I before E except after C. Yeah. But it's, you know, schools are like, well, we don't have to waste time on that. We don't have to waste time on basic grammar. We can now teach you guys about social stuff. And so students are using what's ubiquitous out there. Grammarly is not cheating. I think it's a free... You could pay to upgrade it, but it just pops up on my computer saying, let's fix this up. Let's fix your grammar. Your book stinks. And so, I, you know, if I was a student, I would, number one, obviously ask for clarification and say, you don't want us to use AI or copy another paper. I get that because now AI can write your papers. I, for poops and giggles... AI to write an essay on me, Dr. Dahlia. And, and it was fairly accurate, not entirely, but wow, in two seconds, my assignment was done. So these colleges are trying to grapple with how do you prevent cheaters? If anybody could just do their work online, if many classes are still being done online, but a lot of teachers are not coming back, they're working from home still. So, yeah, people are going to be using the computers to answer their questions, and the incentive well you need to learn this is not much of an incentive. they're like, "Why do I have to learn it if I could use a computer but Unfortunately, it could be putting students at risk of academic probation, losing their their uh, uh losing their scholarships, and then possibly their career. If somebody sees that you were cheating, you have to explain I wasn't cheating. I was you're basically guilty until proven innocent. That I wasn't. I used Grammarly to correct my spelling. That's not allowed? There's all sorts of software now. Not to mention any spell check and I have no idea when AI I didn't think Grammarly was AI. I thought it was a spell check. So does that mean it's AI? So we, what what I fear is that we are getting so tech savvy that there's now false positives. There's false accusations. And I think that's a problem. And we might have to just go back to basics. We didn't have a lot of these issues when when I went to school. And I really want to know that the younger generation knows how to spell. Now, you know, I had one of my boys, smart kid, but wasn't very good at the grammar or the spelling or the content. And so I would help. I would help always correct the papers, try to teach him. I'm like, look, I'm not going to just correct this. I'm going to explain to you why we do this. And then all of a sudden, a year or two later, the papers were brilliant. It was almost like he was an English scholar in high school. Like, what, what? Well, well, because you, <laughs> Grammarly, you write something, Grammarly will change the sentence around. <laughs> yeah. And so I want to know. And lately, my children have learned how to do it themselves. But you need to know how to sound intelligent on your own. You can't be always relying on computers because they're never always going to be there. One eight seven seven dot
1: Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com.
6: Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now, 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523.